Praise God, brother. I rebuke this broadcast in the name of Jesus. <laughs> oh, glory. <laughs> you can rebuke the Lord Jesus in his own name. And he won't even be mad at you because he understands the situation here in 2018. Woo! Holy Ghost. Glorious day. Got our house retro foamed. Insulated. We've had no insulation in our hundred year old house and we live in the Arctic vortex of Minneapolis for the last 10 years. Our heating bill one month was $600 when it never got above zero degrees. Yeah, January four years ago. When we had it going 24-7, we had low efficiency furnaces, two of them, in a duplex that we, we turned into a single family home. Because we used to have roommates, housemates, constantly. We had 44 different people live with us for eight years. Streams of people coming through. And community, house, bliss. And it was the good, the bad, and the ugly. But honestly, it was really good. Uh, the acceleration that comes from living in community. I lived in community the first 16 years of my Christianity, all the way from Teen Challenge, two years, five years in the dorms in North Central University, and then community house after community house after four different community houses in full-time ministry until we got this one. And just a couple years ago, we grandfathered him out because in my father's house are many mansions, not one that everyone shares. Amen. Glory. But it is a rock tumbler, and it accelerates your spiritual growth by constant irritation. And people are like, I could never do that. I can't even stand my own spouse or my kids. Well, they well, got a long ways to go. I mean, that's kind of the foundation level love there, of loving your own family. And a lot of Christians have a hard time with just that one, that one key. What's the the golden royal law, James says, to love your neighbor as yourself. The royal law of the book of James. The Bible says it's to love. <laughs> and you love by first receiving his love. And this is a love revolution. This is a renaissance of love. And it's a love for the inner child, the healing of your creative genius, of your spiritual womb and restoring everything that Satan stole from you externally with all the bombardment of the world's lies upon you from birth having grown up in Babylon the Great and having come out of the Great Tribulation is every single one of your testimonies what is your testimony? having been born in Babylon the Great and having come out of the Great Tribulation that is the exact hour you are living in at this moment. The great harvest, Revelation chapter 7, is those who come out of the great tribulation. The word tribulation means pressure. It's an external pressure of religion. The religious devil, Satan and his angels, using starlight, using gravity, using the law of Moses, using all the stuff of the prince of the power of the air to bury you so that you don't rise from the dead. The great resurrection now, the third day Jesus Christ said will be the resurrection. On the third day, there will be a resurrection. He wasn't even talking about himself. In one instance in the Gospels, he was talking about the great awakening. 
unless I'm sown into the earth and die, you can't have a harvest. So he, the father sowed his son into the earth to reap a harvest of at least one billion sons and daughters during this time. It's true. It is a Bob Jones prophecy, and it's a prophecy I grew up with spiritually. And the great harvest of the end times will reap one billion souls into heavenly Jerusalem. They'll be sealed inside the city Zion. And that's all by realizing Zion within you. Luke 17, 21, Zion is within you. Heavenly Jerusalem, the city of peace, the mountain of the Lord. I remember, it reminds me of a vision I had when I saw Bob Jones before he passed away. I looked into his eyes. He came out of his body. He was an eagle. I came out of my body, and I was a lion. And we stared at each other for a while, face to face. <laughs> and, and then I saw this mountain of fire come up out of my belly. And that wasn't a vision. I believe that was literal. Because it was so intense. This mountain of fire, I wasn't just, you know, wasn't just prophecy. It was like literally what was inside me going on at that moment. There was a mountain of burning fire. And I knew that mountain was Zion. I knew that's the mountain of the Lord that will rise as chief of all the mountains in the last days. And I knew then that that's going to come up through our bellies. And it's going to consume all those mountains of externalism called the Seven Mountain Mandate. In other words, it's going to devour all the flesh of the nations, which are the seven mountains of Satan. It's true. Because there's only one mountain. The mountain of the Lord rises a chief, not seven mountains. Seven mountains has seven principalities and seven crowns of a seven-headed beast ridden by the whore of Babylon, the Bible says in Revelation. I mean, what are you doing in Satan's kingdom? What are you doing working by the sweat of the brow? Why are you in the bewitchment of Satan's curse? Why are you working in the devil's kingdom, in the devil's Christianity? Oh, I didn't know any better. Well, now you know better, but you don't believe me, and so you have to be humbled through circumstances because we've been preaching the same message practically with only a little bit of variance for ten years. It's the message in the gospel of the sons of God from heavenly Jerusalem. Very little has changed. A little. I mean, I, we go from glory to glory, but Overall, the meat of this message in this gospel is the gospel of the Son of God, the eternal gospel. Very little has changed in ten years when it comes to that. Everything around you will pass away, but the Word of God, the gospel of God, which is the Word of God, remains forever. Amen? That's the only solid rock you have for your souls. I look at all these people with their problems, and it's like you would not have any of those problems if you feasted on the Word. Even a lot of these ministers that have TV shows, radio shows, and they're, they're known for being great ministers, I look at them and I'm like, you are so unrefined in the Word, and there's almost no sharpness to what you're saying, and half the time the stuff you say is not even true, it's just opinions from your own soul, and it's not the sharp two-edged sword of Jesus Christ. Proceeding from His mouth is only a sharp two-edged swords. So what's all these other words that aren't sharp two-edged swords? They're not from God. It's just the frog of the false prophet. And there's forgiveness for false prophetics because you have to grow up and work out your salvation with fear and trembling. You're not immediately condemned to hell because of half of what you said in your ministry was wrong. It's just you were very immature and you didn't know the ways and thoughts of God yet. Most of them are still external. 
Most of them hear their words from an external Jesus, and they don't even know that Jesus lives inside their spiritual womb. They haven't birthed the Messiah. They don't walk in sonship. Sonship is birthing the Lord Jesus through your belly, through your heart and mind renewed and circumcised by His Word so that there's no spot and wrinkle in your own heart and mind so you can give a full release. Ezekiel 47, the river proceeds from the temple, from the Holy of Holies. Where's the Holy of Holies? Right? Take your hand, put it on your belly. There's the Holy of Holies. Your belly, your spirit, connected to God is the Holy of Holies. It's true. Now let your heart be washed with the reality of that truth. (laughs) And let your mind realize that glory. Let your mind begin to believe and your mind will submit. And that's when the mark of the beast comes off your forehead. In other words, you're not controlled by the flesh. It just has everything to do with the flesh. The mark on the hand and the mark on the forehead is, is this person controlled by the flesh? Are they controlled by money? They have the mark of the beast. Are they controlled by spouses and children and family members and maybe a possible inheritance or anything in the natural dimension work? (laughs) They have the mark of the beast. Being controlled by the Lord Jesus within you is what removes the curse of being just a human animal, a homo sapien sapien. And a human being only has 7 to 10% brain activity. That's only 4 to 7% more than a chimpanzee. So, you are actually planet of the apes and planet of chimpanzee and Darwinism in the state of the fall. That's what's so ironic about religious Christians, and I'm not making fun of you. I'm just telling you, the hypocrisy is insane. Outrageous hypocrisy. When you limit yourself to your brain and not your spirit. In your spirit is the full potential of God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. In your brain, there is only the potential to become like the red dragon if you want to grow in sorcery like a Freemason. It's true. The human ability is 100% sorcery based on natural creation of stars and sands. That's your life cut off from the abilities of the anointed one inside your spirit. (laughs) So, we reject the abilities of the flesh called crucified with Christ and we receive the abilities of God the Father and the Lord Jesus, and He makes all things new. And I have a new way of living, a new way of trusting, a new provider. Well, it doesn't work for me. It'll work for you. Grow your spirit. Feast. A lot of people get discouraged because they don't get it their own way in their own carnal, unrenewed minds. God doesn't work the brain. He's not the father of flesh. Satan is the father of flesh. God is the father of spirits, father of lights, father of glory. It is written. God doesn't father flesh. He fathers your spirit. He'll take care of your flesh and your, because He works in your spirit and the overflow of your spirit is the healing of the nations. I mean, come on. <laughs> God doesn't kill the flesh with sickness and disease. That's all demons and devils. God heals every sickness and disease. How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and He went around doing good, healing everyone who was under the power of the devil. Jesus Christ is the exact representation of the Father, and His nature is to always heal no matter what. Even when they didn't believe in Him, and they were totally bound up in demons of doubt and demons of unbelief, they probably had a, you know, went to college and had a bachelor's, and they were smarter than God. So 
They didn't believe anything that Jesus said, but Jesus healed them anyway. 50% of the time in the Bible, Jesus overrode their doubt and unbelief and sovereignly healed them. That's the place we need to come to in spiritual maturity where we override people's doubt and unbelief. Amen. And you will see all of those healings, miracles, signs, and wonders come out of your belly in seven rivers of glory, the seven spirits of God, God's sevenfold Holy Spirit, which every son of God, every daughter of Zion manifests from their womb. Men and women both have wombs. Seriously. Everything Eve is came out of Adam. (laughs) Whoa. What kind of creature did you make there, Father? Holy Ghost. And he said, it's not good for man to be alone, even in the glory. In perfect glory, perfect bliss. He didn't know he was alone. Enjoying God. Totally whacked out of his mind in the bliss of God's perfect glory cloud. It's like, yeah, not good. So he made woman out of man and pulled out some different parts out of man and made woman. But they were one before that. (laughs) Hallelujah. And then it got real bad when the woman left the glory cloud and Eve went into the abilities of the flesh and Adam just said, okay, I'll follow woman. And man has been trapped inside woman ever since. That's called the curse of the fall. That's why you have a Statue of Liberty. That's why you have the Queen of Heaven. That's why you have Jezebel. That's why you have witchcraft. All the symbolism of the occult and Freemasonry and every all the seals you see of those demonic occult works of Satan and his angels and his sorcerers and the nations, it's all about ensnaring woman. Because man's trapped in woman, and if you don't let woman go free, man will always be in bondage because of the reproduction of the nations. <laughs> Seed. Generations. Oh, Lord Jesus, reverse the curse today through every single woman's womb. Let the bride of Christ rise from the dead and shine with the twelve stars of the crown of the government of God on her head that helped her rise from the dead. Amen. You could say right now, accurately, that the bride is in the place of Lazarus. It's true. But right before the resurrection, right before that John 11, 11, I'm going to wake him up. And he's dead. And he stinketh. Yeah. That's what externalism is. That's what religion of the prince of the power of the air is. It's dead and it mummifies you. He was mummified. Lazarus was mummified by religion, symbolically speaking. <laughs> The church and the Christians worldwide, because of buildings made by human hands, because of a Masonic influence of the Roman Catholic Church, and all of the externalism and pie in the sky, carried on a stick, Jesus is the prince of the power of the air, deception worldwide, and never realizing, no, Jesus is the divine child in your belly, not he who's in the world. Greater is he who's in you, not he who's in the world. So you're completely backwards worldwide. I rebuke all Christianity in the whole world (laughs) in the name of Jesus to set you free. Amen. And because of that externalism of serving the prince of the power of the air and thinking it's Jesus, you are mummified. That's why I'll deal with charismatic people. I'll deal with Pentecostal people. I'll deal with signs and wonders people. I've been dealing with them since the day I was born again. 
And the common trait is if they're God outside minded, they're mummified. Even if they speak in tongues, even if they do healings, works, signs, wonders, all the stuff, because they're serving an external Jesus. Well, how can they do it? Jesus explained it to you how they can do it. Because you serve Jezebel, you serve the prince of the power of the air. You have forfeit your own spirit to Satan an external false Jesus, and he turns you into slaves of charismatic works. The Pharisees were all charismatic. You could say they were charismatic Christians before there was Christianity. They believed in signs and wonders. They believed in angels. They believed in resurrection. They believed in speaking in tongues. (laughs) The Pharisees believed in all of it. It was the Sadducees that rejected the spiritual gifts. They were like the Southern Baptists. Speaking in tongues is demonic. You know, all that stuff. So we're dealing with an incredible, mummified, charismatic Pharisee bride of Christ. And if it weren't so, I'd tell you, and you'd have an open earth and paradise everywhere, and you wouldn't have, you know, all this absolute murderous atrocities going on in your federal U.S. government and all the stuff you see in New York City and Washington, D.C. All, I mean, hell is so angry right now at the Christians barely waking up. And almost no one's even woken up yet, but even at just the idea of losing you to the external bewitchment and realizing the glory and manifesting springs of living waters from within, so infuriates Satan and his angels that when you actually wake up and start manifesting seven rivers of glory out of your bellies through your hearts and minds without spot and without wrinkle, He will turn on his own people that belong to him and eat them up. Just like in those ancient wars. Like in Gideon's 300. When they let their light so shine after their big drinking, their only job, Gideon's 300, was to make noise and show off their light after they drank. That's all this Bible says they did. They made noise, clang, clang, clang. Ah, so drunk, drunken glory, jubilee, revival, revival, revival. And they let their light shine that was in them. And all the enemies of Gideon turned on each other and destroyed themselves, it is written. That's what's going to happen to the kingdom of hell worldwide. It will not touch the bride when she's raised from the dead. It's already touched you in external bewitchment since the day you first believed in Jesus. You have already gone through the great tribulation. You have already gone through the gauntlet of everything Satan and his angels have to deceive you and throw you off track, to discourage you, so that you give up on God and Jesus and you just go to the bars and you live a worldly life and become a lemming for money and a slave in an eight-to-five job. I mean, those temptations have already bombarded all of you continuously from birth. I tell you the truth, you were born in Babylon the Great, and you are the people that come out of the Great Tribulation. And you are the leaders of others to follow you. It is true. That is exactly what this is, and it has been that for ten years. That's why we're so violently opposed by Satan and those he controls in the earth that are demonized, mostly Christians. And we forgive all of our, all of those people. I'm not even going to call them my enemies. I was about to call them enemies. They're not enemies. They're just deceived. God bless their spirits with the grace of the Lord Jesus. After seeing what I've seen in my life, I don't want anybody to go to the way of the devil. 
I don't care if you've betrayed me a hundred thousand times and wrote in blogs about me and turned cities against me. To see what Satan and his angels are and to understanding what Hades is in the underworld, I would forgive you a hundred thousand times to make sure that does not happen to you. Nobody should have the devil. Nobody should have hell and death. It is so horrible, it is so disgusting, having worked within the reptiles and the frogs of Sodom and Egypt for so long. I don't wish it upon any person in the world, even those who deserve it most. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, 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 no. Let it only come upon the persons of the wicked, referring to the demons and the devils, the spirits of infirmity, the foul spirits, the deaf, dumb spirits, all of those evil spirits, wicked spirits, religious spirits, lust spirits, all familiar spirits that have tempted you and messed with you and infringed upon your spiritual growth, I wish it upon the kingdom of hell only and that every human being worldwide be set free by the forgiveness of sins in the fountain of the Lamb Jesus Christ from below. That's the place we've come to as the sons of God. Perfect, unconditional love for everyone, no matter what. No matter what. I mean, over and over again, how many times are you going to forgive them when they lie about you, when they hate on you, when they, when they sin against you seven times, 70 per day? But after 490, you can take up a machete and start whacking away. Right? You lose a finger after 490. Amen. <laughs> Shaka. Oh, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for setting us free from religion. Setting us free from unrighteous judgment. Setting us free from debates, arguments, factions, divisions, and all the carnal nature of Satan's religion. That's really all it is. It's just the tree of knowledge, the fruit of the human flesh, by the fruit of God's Holy Spirit through your spirit raised from the dead well in the body. The fruits of the Spirit and your roots are getting so cleaned out now. The time of refinement of 2018 was so severe but so perfect in love, so necessary. He's dealing with all your spiritual roots so that you can have a full release and have perfect heaven on earth. He's a perfect father. And a father disciplines a child. He disciplines those he loves, Hebrews says. And this is not beat the kid up, spank the kid discipline. And this isn't of the flesh. This is spiritual discipline. He doesn't put sickness and disease on you to discipline you. Not at all. Those are demons because your heart's attached to hell. Come out of hell where there's no sickness and disease into heaven. Amen. <laughs> if you believe in religion, then you're going to reap religion's rewards, which is sickness, disease, constant torment and condemnation. Oh, never good enough, never measuring up. And you're going to cake it with drugs and alcohol, sexual morality, to fill that void of pleasure in your heart. It's a nightmare. It's a bottomless pit. It's called the bottomless pit for a reason because it's a bottomless pit. It's called the flesh. There's nothing there. It's the outer court. It counts for nothing, but you don't want it destroyed because it's your jar of clay that God drinks from. You want it filled with new wine. You want it filled with fresh oil. You want it filled with hot, fresh bread, hot bread. 
gemstones of revelations into your belly. And you build up your spirit. You build up your treasure house, your rich treasure of glory with putting gemstones, putting the sword of the Lord in your belly. Gemstones of precious sonship revelations, throne room revelations into your belly. Silver, golden gemstones, believers reward. Keyword, believers. And the more you believe the words that come from God and the words that come from the prophets and apostles, the more silver, golden gemstone is built up in your rich treasure of glory, your spiritual treasure house. And that's your on earth as it is in heaven measure of what you've been able to receive from God through His apostles and prophets and through your own intimacy with Him individually. And corporately as a body of Christ, we're always growing from glory to glory by the headship of the body, which has always been the apostles and prophets until the time of perfection, which is Jesus Christ's second physical return. I mean, He's not here. In the last time I checked, Jerusalem is one of the most dangerous places on earth, and the Muslims want to destroy Israel. I think we got a little ways to go. I think we've been really religious and stupid, kind of sleeping in the dust of the earth under just religious knowledge, not in the spiritual realities of what the resurrection and the life can do through our spirit life. Your spirit life now has come into a place of watering the garden. And you're gardeners, because you're Christians. And your spiritual stomach can release seven rivers of the seven spirits of God. And since your heart goes into the bowels of the earth and you're an earthen vessel and your body is created for your mind to be the sky and your belly to be the underworld because you're an earthen vessel. This universe is a temple of you. It's true. It's not new age. God created this world. It's divine. <laughs> new age is just a demonic twist so you're confused and never figure out the truth. Demons love all the false religions, including the false religion of external Christianity, which is the worst of them all. So don't be a hypocrite judging the New Age when you've been serving the prince of the power of the air. You're more demonic than they are. Learn how to love. Amen? Love everybody. And realize that your body is a temple of a new earth and a new heavens where righteousness dwells. We bring forth the fountains in the deep through our bellies. <laughs> The new covenant bound all the spiritual realities to the human body. That's why Satan was defeated at the cross. It wasn't just pie in the sky, fallen angels doing whatever they want now. Now they're limited to human flesh. The demons cannot do anything unless they come into agreement with a human being through human flesh. The fallen angels cannot do one single thing in the world, in the heavens, in the earth, or under the earth, unless a human being surrenders their body. That's why Satan needs sorcerers. Without sorcerers, there is no way you could have one devil in your entire region. It's true. And you can always look to Freemasons because they're the professional sorcerers for the last 500 years, and God allowed it. It's like basically having a master of the law of Moses. That's all... Religion is, or Freemasonry is just religion, Phariseeism. It's, being, it's having a doctorate in the law of sin and death. <laughs> but even the greatest in the Old Covenant is worse than the least in the New Covenant. Which means if you have a spiritual belly and a fountain coming out, you've overcome the greatest 33 degree Scottish Rite Freemason in London, Moscow, and New York City. I mean, you're stronger than them in stature. 
That's how weak religion is. It's only big if you're bewitched and believe it's something there. But when you realize the Messiah is victorious over death and Hades and holds the keys of death and hell in his hand and he's inside you and you're not, no longer outward bewitched looking for him so that even the weakest old covenant person stronger than you, well, then you have victory over religion. Then you have victory over sorcery. You have victory over death, victory over the fall. That's why all Satan's chips are in this one basket called bewitchment so that you never realize the new covenant of God living in the midst of you and the ability that He's given to every single person, which is everything He is as the Lord God Almighty, the Ancient of Days, the Rose of Sharon, the Balm of Gilead, the Lily of the Valleys, everything that Jesus did from Genesis to Revelation, the Angel of the Lord in the Old Covenant, and Jesus Christ of Nazareth in the New Covenant, is inside your spirit the day you first believed. And if you feed your spirit and not your flesh after you're a Christian, you grow in those divine abilities and you realize the glory and you go from glory to glory and your tree of life grows up in you, takes the heavens, takes the earth, takes the underworld, opens up the fountains of the great deep, open up the windows of the heavens, and it rains from above, and it gushes from below, and now you have the great awakening of the end times by simply a few Christians who are living normal New Testament Christianity of what Jesus, the first son amongst many, walked in. The firstborn amongst many. The first risen from the dead the first to come up from the realm of the dead. So when you're born again, do you have to come up from the realm of the dead? What's the worst dead you could ever be involved in? Religious death. Religious demons that only have the appearance and knowledge that only work in the brain. That's what death is. Spiritual death and spiritual wickedness only works in the brain. And so when you realize the Holy Spirit already raised from the dead, all that spiritual wickedness and spiritual death of religion comes out of you. And that's what causes the mass exodus of all the Christians in the whole world and everyone that's going to remain on the earth after this to come out of Egypt where our Lord was crucified, to come out of the curse. The Bible calls it in Revelation Jerusalem below. Or you could say come out of the old covenant and actually be a new covenant temple now. In the name of Jesus Christ. It's as simple as casting off the externalism, burning up the mummifi mummification of the grave clothes, burning up all the works of the flesh, all of the works of the brow, all of the works of your own brain, all of your thoughts, opinions, ideas. It's all dead anyway. It's all just self-justification, self-promotion. It's all selfish, satanic religion that has the appearance of charismatic Christianity. It's not. It's demonic. Unless it proceeds from your spirit out of your belly, just cast it out. That's why you don't even have to figure it out in your brain. Just feed your spirit the Word, the bread of heaven. Eat and feast on that Word. Spend one hour, two hours, three hours in the Bible feeding your spirit. Put your hand on your belly. Recycle that power. Get to know the real you, your spirit, and all that grave clothes of living out of the false identity of your brain with the mark of the beast on your forehead living as a soul instead of a spirit is burned off of you. And you have spiritual and moral resurrection while in the body, and Satan's not harvesting your soul like a Christian bewitched satanic army. 
It's true. That's what he does. He perches on people's heads and he rides them like horses. That's why the Bible says, feast upon horse and rider. The horse is the human flesh. The rider, that's the demon on them. And most Christians have a rider on their heads that ride them around, steer them around to be good little lemmings in Satan's Babylon the Great. Most Christians have one or two demons on them that they're always dealing with. Lust or pride. Egypt or Sodom. And you, those are the things that your areas of weakness where you don't have victory in. <laughs> and you overcome those areas of weakness by feasting on the Bible. Putting the Word into your spirit and your spirit shooting up revelation into your mind and you're transfigured by the renewing of your mind. You realize that what God has for you is better than any of the temptations of the flesh. So you don't even desire it anymore. It's not a temptation. The demon leaves and goes to find some other host body that it can torment. We want you all to be clean, spotless, and wrinkle-free in your hearts and your minds by the full release of the rivers of creative power flowing out of your bellies today and forevermore in the name of Jesus Christ. We love you guys. Be blessed. We'll see you tomorrow. Partner with Brother Ministries. Brotherman.com. Amen. <laughs>